the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, Nick, nailing it. <laughs> Actually, on my phone, I listened to one song today that I said, how'd that get on there? And the title of it was actually the album. I picked the wrong thing. Bummer. So I've got to delete something off of my my little Spotify or whatever list I have on there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Are we live here? We song? are live. We're back okay. on. This is this is the truth, right? So I have, <laughs> I have Jerry and Nick Royer. <laughs> Here, and the last time you were here was the first time I had met you. And I'm telling you, I walked out of here like, oh my gosh, this was so much incredible. Yeah, your daughter was here. Yes. Yeah. How's she doing? She's doing great. You know, she's in Brazil. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. She left for Brazil. This is her, for all intents and purposes, she's doing very, very well. But she's sick again. So it's the just trying to get used to it. Well, she was saying she eats (laughs) on the street and all this Food that they put out, and, you know, and I thought, gee, do you want to do that? Uh, she needed some time, and uh, hey, when you're kids, you do that. Yeah, right. but she, outside of she's fixable. That's the good mm-hmm. thing. The first time when she was, I'm like, send me pictures, send me pictures, and then I had to go through the pharmacy because she had gotten inoculated for travel. You know, the immunizations, right. and I'm like, well, if you're sick, you can't be just taking any kind of medicine without them knowing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that was with pharmacy. Now this time. The crazy is that they're sending me the information. I can't find it except in Spanish, so that doesn't help me or Portuguese. And wouldn't you know, I have a had a doctor on here that was Spanish. I'm like, please, I come on, would Debbie. Never... You've got to know Portuguese, don't you? It wouldn't be your second language. Portuguese. Yeah, <laughs> Just the... ask Siri to help you. But everything when you do though, because it's all in Portuguese, I couldn't get it in English. The answer would always come back in Portuguese. Ah, uh, do you see what I'm saying? Oh, that's. That's not right. That's not right. Not when you go English, 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 and then it takes you on another. That's kind of like, what is it uh, when you go to Google and you take everything that you get from it as fact? It's, <laughs> yeah, called, it's, it's called, called Google slapped, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, when you type everything in and you get a million different responses and you read the first three because you don't want to read all the rest of them. Why? Yeah, yeah why? but then no, no. everybody takes the first three as that must be Holy Grail right there because it was the first three on there. And you find out it was written by some kid who didn't know anything. He was doing some paper for college and he got it. He, he just knows how to put things on Google. So it hits number one and you find out it's not even the right stuff. Yeah, there's something mm-hmm. to be said about that. How you, how you get your thing all the way up. My yeah. blog was like page 100. Because I didn't have somebody tap into it that could put it onto page one. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, it's Co- Google came along. I mean, all these kids today can do their, their book reports and they're studying on Google or, mm-hmm. or Surrey. And it took all the fun out of it. When I was a kid, you'd go to the library and you would research because the girls were there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Now they, they sit in their, you know, their house and they mm-hmm. do it. And they don't have that contact. There are none. There is none. Well, remember, you had to sit there and flip through microfiche. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Remember that? Yes. Microfiche. Yes. It's like, holy cow. What's and, that? And if you even just tap that thing, there uh-huh. went a thousand pages. You're like, mm-hmm. ah. That's like mm-hmm. today I was going through some things and I brought in the Nick a uh, client database that was on a floppy disk. 
<laughs> and Nick saw no, 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 like not not the hard the little uh, three yeah. and a half by five floppy. Right. I'm talking like the big floppy that you could bend in half and you could use it. And for, I said, it was like as flimsy as a taco shell. So he's trying to get that into a Zappo, yeah. and it just wouldn't fit. Yeah. I was trying. I was trying to stick it in the side of my Mac, and that didn't really work. I actually said, you know, what, what's the best thing about that floppy disk is I can remember when technology was yeah. so awesome that the, that the floppy disk you could flip it over and use the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And it was a two-sided floppy disk. And I remember thinking, man, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we could play Oregon Trail and on one side flip it. And then it would say, please flip the disk. And you take it out. You'd pop it out, flip it over and put it back in. And wow, the game continued. Yeah. yeah. You know, thing is, when they had the VCR tapes, when they came in and I got the Santa Claus series, this is mm-hmm. off topic, but so what? So when the Santa Claus and it was here comes, what is it? Santa Claus comes to town. Yeah. And the commercial break, you know, I always thought that I was missing something because my TV switched over to a commercial and I thought Santa was still doing other stuff. And then when the VCR <laughs> came out, I'm like, oh, I didn't miss anything. Yeah, because yeah. it yeah. just kept going, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Well, so, in your business, I mean, when you look at the uh, the reporters that went out on the street and they carried around like a 21-inch TV <laughs> on their shoulder to take pictures, you know. I mean, yeah. and today, Big I mean, it's, just, yeah. Yeah, it's like your iPhone does That's the same all thing. it is. Yeah. 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 One lady that came in here, she was Miss Florida, mm-hmm. Mrs. Florida of 2015. And she said, you know, she's used to being on TV with the camera crew. And now, you know, she doesn't have the camera crew. So she was telling her husband, how are we going to do all this stuff that I need to do to put the marketing and blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, it's my phone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she's like, yeah, it's just my, me and my husband. Yeah. Not something. Yeah. So we Amazing. can be anything. Because it's all accessible. I know. I mean, it, you think about what a smartphone or what a phone was. It was, I mean, how much do we actually use a phone for what it, for, for a phone? Right. Well, my, my Nick's kids, my grandkids, mm-hmm. the thing is, it's, they have no privacy anymore. They mm-hmm. go to school and by 10 o'clock this morning, Kim came into my office, Nick's wife, and she goes, gee, Bradley got a hundred on that test. <laughs> I mean, before the he day's out, before no the morning chance. is over, they know what's happening. And mm-hmm. I have an app that tells me how their behavior is throughout the day too. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. I have, it's called class dojo. And so it gives them either green marks or red marks. So if he does something wrong, the teacher literally will go up to her iPad, hit a negative mark, and I get to see it instantly on my on my phone. I I, I could never have graduated. No, no you wouldn't have. I no. would have been killed before <laughs> with all the stuff. I, my kids would be just fearful of me to go pick them up if I had that. Exactly, right? Uh, I'd be like, what do you mean you had a pink or red? Why is she not at the bus stop? Yes. Or why is she not at the pickup line? Hmm. Mom's coming to get me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, once I drop them off, mm, Done. Uh, have a good day. I'll pick yeah. you up. What time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need privacy. Yeah. Uh-huh. How true. Uh, and you too. <laughs> Mom needs a break. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, it's like that commercial they have on TV. You know which one I'm going after. And the the, the uh, mom goes into the kid's bedroom and or, and says, I'm I'm off today. I'm not, I'm not coming in. I'm not going to be, you know, being mom today. And the kid looks at mom like, <gasps> what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Like. You know, how parents have never get a break. Never. Ever. Ever, ever. That's mm. right. When that doctor was here and he's like, you know, and you should have a plan and that's nurturing and that's this, that and the other. And I thought, are you kidding me? 19 years into taking care of kids, I'm done. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there yeah. is no more nurturing. That's been all taken out of you. No <laughs> yes. nurturing, please. None. None. No. You done. want me to water what? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. May comes. When May comes, let me mm-hmm. tell you, I'll be a happy mom. It'll be another. 
you'll see me crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. Who's kidding? You'll go through the entire He's, emotional cycle, yeah. right? And you bring bringing out Kleenex. the tissue, Kleenex. Yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were here right when we were, when Sophie was getting ready yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So the tissue box. I thought that was the extreme. You sent her that far away. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I why not <laughs> talk about getting your kids out of your hair? I mean, that is a long See way ya. to go. Yeah, and all we do is WhatsApp, and I'm like, "How are you feeling? Good? Okay, love you." Yeah, she's a sweet mm. kid. Yeah, she will do well. I'm very proud of her. Really, very, very proud of her. Yeah, she, she, mm, it is what it is. Mm. I cried a lot more before than after. Now I'm like, it's, it's her life, you know. Yeah, I can only be proud. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and that, get but, those tissues. No, no, but it's seeing good. her every day and all that—that that stuff kind of. I'm not there yet. I have a ten and a five year old. You, you know what? When we were up. sitting in the airport, now mind you, and and I and I said this that I cried. If I started crying, you just needed to keep talking, and I was fine. But I cried. I didn't hold it in, you know, because it lasted maybe a minute or two. I was stuffy a minute or two, but I just let it out. It was at the airport. When she looked at me and she said, I'm ready. And I was like, do you want to go to the bathroom? Because <laughs> like, it kind of just kind of came out. And she's like, no, mom, I'm ready. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is it. She's and grown up. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so to, for her to make that, because we were there so early, you know. But when she said that, I, I, that was it. Yeah. Did you, I, was that expected that you, that she said that? Were you expecting No, it? I, I thought we would sit there for another hour. Yeah. I figured we'd have. Yeah, nope, she was ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that was that line. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like um, I had, when I dropped off my daughter to kindergarten this year, mm-hmm. one girl was just going ballistic mm-hmm. that her mom was leaving her. I was actually hoping, I selfishly, that my daughter right. would be the same way, right? Yeah. You know, kind of look back, hi, Dad. No, she sits down, she opens up her <laughs> folder, she pulls some papers out that she knew she needs to give her kindergarten teacher, and I said, well, bye, Abby. She's like, oh, bye. I have to give these to the teacher now. <laughs> and then and then she dropped them off, and she went over to a corner to start playing. I'm yeah. like, I'm standing there in the door, jam- door, in, in the door and like, uh, mm. what do I do now? I guess I just leave. Just leave. Mm. When, in preschool, I've had to run after parents crying because their kids either just kind of went on their day. Yep. Like, yep. what do you mean? No kisses, no hugs. Or we had to pry them, oh, and then right. once you turn the child around yeah. and got them interested in something else, the parent was just devastated. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, I'd have to run out there going, "It's okay, it's okay. Yeah. Don't do this tomorrow because yeah. <laughs> it's harder on Absolutely. you." Absolutely, <laughs> I know it is. It's kind of mm, mm-hmm. you just love them so much, and for going into kindergarten, did, did they go to preschool? Yeah. Okay, so. It's that not knowing you knew what your child did 24 mm-hmm. seven. And then all of a sudden there's four hours out of the day. You have no idea, but now you're cheating. Cause you've got this app. I have this app. I know, but they, I didn't have that in preschool. Mm-mm. So I had no idea. And the people that we would pick up uh, Abby from, uh, from preschool when we were at the drop off, weren't her teachers. They put her in a different room. So I, we had no idea except for what <laughs> she would say. And you know, I mean, what, what are you going to say at that age? Nothing. Well, how was school today? Good. Good. Who'd you That's play it. with? I played a, you know, so-and-so or mm-hmm. so-and-so. And what else did you do? We ate food. Mm-hmm. You played in the playground. You don't hear anything else. Nothing. So. And, you know, I did kindergarten, too. I also was a, a helper in ki- a, 
the teacher asked me to help them. Be, so I was an assistant. And so it took me three years. Sophie went to her class. Then Nicholas went to her class. Then I was a helper in that class to understand what kindergarten was about. Mm-hmm. I would sit in the back in my little desk that I could not fit in. I was the jolly green five foot nine person, you know, so the desk didn't fit, nothing fit me. (laughs) And I would sit back there going, oh, so that's what that's for. (laughs) Oh, that's why you did that. And we had the best time because you have no clue as a parent. You just go, you just have to trust. Mm -hmm. Which is really hard to do these days. Very, very. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be hands on today. You've got to be part of your kids' lives as they grow up. And the problem I see so often when we we can't point the fingers at the kids and say they're doing wrong. A lot of it is the parents want to be their kid's best friend and not mom and dad. Oh, boy. That is a huge. That's an issue. Yeah. It, mm. So you can't really blame the kids. There you are. You know, we raise them and uh, yeah. your kids, they, they're, they're, they're your friends, but they're your kids first. They're your kids and you got to always be the parent. I agree with that 100%. I always said I was not interested in having a 13 year old as my best friend. Not going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, ugh. Yep. When they're older, you know, yeah, eventually you'll be on that side of things, yeah. you know, sta- sitting side by side. But it's not just your adversarial or at, no. at all. Mm-mm. But, you know, I kind of look at it when when I'm correcting a kid, I'll have some parents that say, well, you know, don't you think uh, you're, 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 I would have let that one go. And I'm thinking I'm not thinking for how that kid is right now. I'm thinking for how mm-hmm. that kid is 15 years yep. from now. That's true. I would much rather teach a lesson of respect and obedience now then have to deal with that, and it's a it's a jail situation right. because I didn't handle it when I had a chance to. You are raising an adult. Yeah, that's the bottom you line. You are yes. given this opportunity, <clears throat> and it's a responsibility that was given to you <clears throat> to raise this adult. Yep, that's the bottom line. Yep, yeah, and like this next step with Sophie going to Brazil, it is an extreme situation. But I sit there, and even though she's been gone for a month, I'm like, you know what? They're going to teach her things that, as a mother. I can't. I can't mm-hmm. go there with her. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go there with her. But she needs to learn. And so these people, it's not a it's not an eighteen year old telling her the latest, greatest, you know, she's not getting the information from a teeny bopper mm-hmm. who thinks they know it all. She's gonna get the information from the next level of an adult yeah. that's closer to her that can get her to the next stage. So I'm very, very comfortable. Isn't it's weird. No. And now my son my son, I'm like, Well, hello. You know, because the whole year was about Sophie. Ugh, that senior thing is just too much. It's That's what happens. And so we've always said that we kind of put Nicholas on the back burner. Well, now I've got my son, you know, and it's neat. I, di- I didn't expect the shift to be this way. I just had no idea. I've got a son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's 100. He's getting much more. Yeah. Time. Yeah, and he's not too keen on that, but <laughs> no, it's it's just it's just it's a nice thing. Yeah, I, I did. That's like a little gift. Is he going to join us one day in the studio? You know what? Wouldn't it be wonderful? That'd be great. Oh, I'll invite him. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> he'll sit here and he'll go. Okay, that's yeah. what he does. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a let's take a break. <laughs> we need to go. All right, fifteen twenty WBCW. <laughs> Welcome back. We have Nick and Jerry Royer here. And, oh, I just love having you here. <laughs> we love being here. It's fun. I don't think we've even talked finance yet. No, but we're laying the groundwork. You know, we have yeah. to get to know. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. 
<laughs> yeah, we had Irma in there. And... Yes, and you said that Yins fared well. Yeah. Yins is y'all. Sorry, yeah. still Yins. from Pittsburgh. I don't mean that for it to slip out, but no it does. problem, no problem. Yeah, we did. We did fine. I mean, kind of flew right over our house. My brother lives in Claremont. I live in Winter Garden, and it kind of went right between us, mm-hmm. and which was yeah, that was kind of really, really, really freaky. It was bad. So um, a lot of people fared a lot worse than than us, unfortunately. And we have two friends that live in Puerto Rico. I know. And just heard from both of them yesterday. One's a concert pianist. Adlin Cruz is a concert pianist, and he's over there. And um, just he sent me some pictures, and I talked to him yesterday about it. It's just it's awful, and they're not even expecting power for six months to a year. You're right. It's in some And in yeah. some parts of it, yeah. Yeah. I talked to my friend, and um, anything that I saw on you know online, on Facebook, on any news, I would give him, like, here's where you get water. Here's where you yeah. – because when you don't have power, you don't know that there is anything out there. So I just kept sending him information. And so the one piece, he, he texted me, and he said, oh, my God, Deb, I now have cell. Because he took one of my texts. But how do they charge them? I don't know. Well, I mean, you could use your car if you have gas. I don't. Well, that'd be short-lived. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're using generators. So you were saying that they charge it up, and then they only are using it during certain times of the day. Right. But um, the, w- one of the questions that I got is, he asked me, he's like, "Do you know if the west side of the island has power?" Oh, he's like, "We can't communicate with anybody over on that side." Hmm. And he's in the southeast corner, I think, or something like that. Right. It's, it's just that it, it is weird because we think of, about how we could do things. Yeah, of course. Yeah, everything's fine. They're over there. They have no idea. They have no idea. So you know what? That would be something if we find out, if we can share that, because then I'll text my friend. Because yeah. I know one of my friends can't get in touch with his mother. You know, that's uh, a horrible. That's thing. sad. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Dominica was the other one. Mm-hmm. Dominica. Sorry. Dominica. Uh, yeah, those had, poor people really got slammed. It's totally slammed. Completely, I think it's ninety six percent gone. Isn't the Barbuda the way that way too? The, Barbuda is completely gone. There's not one person yeah. on that island. So Dominica, you know, we were talking. With, my friend called in because she's got all of her family there, and they're fine. So it's just a matter of <clears throat> there's no food and no water. Mm-hmm. And in, where my friend is in Puerto Rico, there is food and water. So if you get in touch with your your um, friend, mm-hmm. there is food and water in Puerto Rico. It's just a matter of finding it. Yeah, and there's one place that they can get um, internet, and it's on the street, and that is totally true. One of their roads there, somehow or another, it's open up enough that this the internet gets is there. It's wow. the weirdest thing. Well, and and uh, my neighbor, one of his friends, well, we'll talk about it later, but he flew into Puerto Rico and he said when he actually took off, they had no power and they couldn't communicate. So he's <gasps> taking off from the airport to get back airborne with no communication. That's a holy all Mary, by, is it? All by visual. Oh, my gosh. All right. We'll be right back. 1520 WBZW, your hometown with Debbie O'Brien. So we have Jerry and Nick Royer here, and they are from Group 10 Financial Team. They also, you can hear them every Saturday from 8 to 9 o'clock on this station, right? Mm-hmm. 1520 WBZW, as well as 660. And 950. And 950. You're just Saturdays everywhere. Eight, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then we come back on at, on Sundays at 7 on 660 and 105.5. Now, are you here for both of those, or is that a, or is one like a repeat? Um, actually they're different shows. So you're here yeah. the, over the weekend. Yeah, they're different shows. Oh, how cool is that? 
and now you're here today. Yeah, that's right. I appreciate Working it. Overtime. This is overtime for you. We have, like I said, we still haven't talked finance. We can't now. This is, this is awesome. I we, just like chatting. We can get into the money. All right, Nick. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm not forcing you to. No. You know, you were asking when we were off the uh, on break, how do our first appointments go when people come in? Oh, right. And they're really just like what we've just. Mm-hmm the first segment and a half with you is that it's just getting to understand people, getting to know people, mm-hmm. getting not just saying, here's what you've got. You need to take this money and put it here. It's, it's getting to know people and understand what their goals and their objectives are. Listening to you light up when you talk about your daughter in Brazil. Those are things that we need. And when we know that, then we can work out to help somebody. So you 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 make them a part, a very comfortable, because, you yeah. know, this is one thing I was telling my friend, you know, you're always told that talking about money is so taboo. Mm-hmm. Oh, like religion and yeah, politics. Re- yeah. And I'm like all in it. What do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which gets me in trouble for Mark. But but really, I mean, that you need to open up. We don't know everything. Just, we don't know everything. So you have to find the people that you're comfortable with that you can talk openly, that you're not going to judge. You're not going to sit there and go, well, you should have, could have, would have. You know, this is where we are. This is where you want to go. That's very important. And it's it's not taught in schools. I mean, uh, finance, uh, accounting, budgeting, simple budgeting is not taught in schools. So generally when somebody retires for the very first time, it's the first time that they have ever gone through it. And they're guessing. A lot of times it's like, well, am I making the right choice with with social security or am I making the right choice with how I'm investing my money or how am I going to make sure that it lasts, that my money that I've saved up lasts as long as I do. And Mm -hmm. people for the most part are guessing because they have no experience in having done it. They're guessing and they're also asking their coworkers. Oh, I remember being at Disney and it was this big, huge presentation about uh, what you're going to do for it was a um, I'm part of their pension. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the people next to me were like, Oh, I would never do that. I'd never do that. I would have put blah, blah, blah. And I thought, Oh, this doesn't make sense to me because back home again, whether it was right or whether it was wrong, I didn't know because I didn't seek the advice. But back home, you know, my grandpa, because he had a pension, he pulled the money out. He was fine. J and L went down. Those people that didn't have it, like the whole place crashed Mm -hmm. and it was the people that had the pension were the winners, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know? And so I thought, well, here I am at 20 something at Disney and they're offering me that P word, the pension. Well, I'm going to take it. You Mm -hmm. bet. Oh my goodness. It was the greatest thing I could have done. And my husband ended up doing the same thing, you know, just by happenstance, but we didn't, we didn't go to, you, you know, if you do that young, then when you're older, you're not, you're not worried. Well, but the thing is, is fast to go back in the past. Now let's imagine they never mentioned that P word to pension. Right. And now they just say, okay, you can save money into this plan yeah, and you can invest it however you want and we'll match you a little bit. And then what you save up at the end, that's, that's what you're going to use to get yourself through retirement. How would you have felt then? Oh, that's because this is that 401k, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have no pension, you have, so you have no guaranteed income. Yeah, because the pensions now were so underfunded, uh, Debbie. What happened is the companies were forced with defined benefit that they had to put in so much in for each employee. Mm-hmm. Well, they got strapped, and they couldn't afford to put it in. Mm-hmm. So then somebody came up with the what great idea. Hmm. 
had to be a politician because it's 401k is a government sponsored program, a tax code where you can put money in. But what it did is it now took where me as a company was responsible for your money. I center says, Debbie, you can put this money into a 401k. And if you put in 6%, I'll match 6% or I'll match 3%. And that's found money. But the monkey was now shifted from me to Debbie to make the right choice at the plans that you picked that were available in your 401k. Performed. You made the right decision because what would happen if now, fast forward, you're 62 and you say, I'm done here. I'm going to pack it in. I'm going to walk out on retirement. And I'm going to do that come June next year. What if in April we have a major market correction again like we had back in 08, and now you're 401K, uh, you get the Jay Leno's at that time would come out and say, gee, the 401Ks are now 201Ks, and they laughed about it. I don't want anybody that walks into my door to be faced mm-hmm. with doing it. If I stand by with all the signals that were out there, warning signs that take just like the, the the captain of the Titanic, he heard all those stress calls that night warning him about the icebergs. He could have slowed down. He could have at least moved around right. them, or he could have went a little bit south. But no, 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 I'm unsinkable. I'm afraid that a lot of folks with their pensions today think that they are unsinkable. Wait, pensions or 401k? They're 401ks. Because okay. what Even would happen? Too. Yeah, what would happen if you're, you know, 62 and you're ready to retire and the market goes down 40 or 50% and now that's what you're dependent on is that 401k. Right. So then what do you do? You're forced into you're forced into keeping staying in the workforce longer. But even pensions are there's some un, underfunded pensions. A lot and of underfunded. There's pensions. a lot of underfunded pensions. And well, so, yeah. and you know what? That's what happened back home is that underfunded pensions. If you didn't pull your money out and you went down with the, the ship, yep. you went down yep. and there was nothing that could be done. There went that mm-hmm. guaranteed income you gone. were banking and on. And a gone. lot of companies, yeah. and we've all experienced it, Debbie, and that was a fact, but a lot of companies went down so that because their workforce was getting older. So they just closed their doors and then opened up under another name, under a different program where they didn't have to honor the people that oh, got them. This is so scary, isn't that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so what do we do? How do we protect ourselves from that? Well, a couple, a couple things. Number one, you hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. Okay. All right. So a lot of people will come into our office with the with a lot of money saved up. They don't need it because they have Social Security and a pension that's paying them pretty well, and they're banking on that. And then what they're doing with their money that they've saved up for retirement because they don't need it right now, they're just doing stupid stuff with it. They're either buying things that they shouldn't be buying just to buy it because they have it, or they're putting all that money in the riskiest investments that they can find because, hey, if I lose 50%, what do I care? I don't need this money for anything. Here's the thing. At some point in time, I mean, retirement is basically 20 to 30 years of unemployment. What are the chances in 20 or 30 years that something's going to happen, whether Social Security gets a cut or maybe your pension is cut uh, or you become you have a medical situation where you need more money to where now you need that that money that you saved up to get you to to, through it. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't a good steward with that money when you had the chance, you might be sticking yourself in a, in a no-win scenario down the road. So then this would bring up the question that if you have all this money, what if mm-hmm. you went ahead and you paid mm-hmm. cash for a house? 
mm-hmm. right? So now your money is tied up into a house and you're completely relying on social security and your 401k. Would it be better to have your money, would the word be liquid where you make a payment on your house or an apartment or I, I'm going to say house, let's go with real estate. Yeah. You know, should that be like, should your money be tied up in that or should you have it in a bank or, well, or in a today looking at it? Uh, in 2017, you have to kind of look at what are the interest rates that I'm paying on that home. Okay. It's pretty low. Very low. Right? So why, if I have the potential and I've got this money sitting in my 401k or sitting in something that's doing better than that, all right? Yeah. Why would I take that off to pay off a 3% loan when I could let that sit where it is and marinate and cook and build up for me and continue making those payments? But there's no one answer right, for I, everybody. Everyone is different. different. It has to be looked at it. But and, I think the joke is people will come in and they'll say, I'm cash poor. Well, why are you cash poor? Because I've sunk everything into uh, into house. into real estate. Mm-hmm. And they have like $3,000 to their name, but they have $700,000 right. in real estate. Right. And they can't get to it if need be. Mm-hmm. And if they had an emergency, where is it going to come from? And that can be a problem, too. You right. need to have some liquidity. Okay. You need to have growth potential, liquidity, and safe money so that you can get to it. It's 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 all of that, not just saying, well, I got this house. I'm going to sink everything I have into an, a, an asset that you got to move out of. To be able to, uh, you know, if you needed to get to it. Well, a in lot the hopes that, that that real estate, that property goes up in value and not down. Because, you know, during that crisis of our houses, <laughs> the, the housing boom. Boy, you, know. you, you hit it on the head, Debbie. We saw so many folks back when the the market, it was like every day the price of the house was going up and going up and going up <laughs> until it didn't. But those people, because they had half a million dollar homes, went out and got home equity loans on those homes. Harvesting the equity. Sudden, so they had, they had the equity on the home. Now all of a sudden the, the market tanked. That half a million dollar house was now worth, say, 250 mm-hmm. but they still had the equity line on the fifty. Now you talk about being upside down. Those people, a lot of them, are still upside down today, simply because they borrowed themselves into the oblivion. Like Isn't that something? Well, they took, they took, they harvested the equity in their house. They took that, and some people bought homes as investment properties. They had never been in real estate before. Harvested the equity in the home they lived in to reinvest in a in a in a property to rent out. And then people couldn't afford to live in the rental, so now they went they went belly up on that property, and then their own home is is worth half. Is upside down. So yeah. it, it just it was kind of a mess, and it, you need to diversify in more than just real estate. Well, and that's where it's shame on shame on the banks for giving you the loan. Oh my gosh! It, they, but they <laughs> well, were but the rules that came out. But the yeah, banks being fair free to money. The, hey, here well, you, you being, breathe. I'm going to give you a, you know let you do it. But being fair to the banks, they didn't know that the. The housing industry was going to tank. But did you? Couldn't you kind of feel that happening? Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe. When, but again, shame on me for doing those right. things because it comes back to the saying that the uh, fact is we were just talking about on the radio on our program is that pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered, and so many people sit there and just kept putting money into the real estate, like Nick said, buying this second home, this rental property, and your rent that you were getting was based on that half a million dollars. Now, all of a sudden, it's down to, say, half that mm-hmm. value, and they their payment was still on the half, but 
I'm going to go in and rent that property and say, I'm not paying that mm-hmm. 30000 a month. Yeah. I'm going to pay 1500 a month. Right, right. So you're sitting there with that, uh, and it's unfortunate. That's where the uh, individuals need to have a written oh, plan. And, and Well, the flip side to that, though, and, and this is me not knowing 100%, because I, I could be speaking out of line, but some people jumped off of that, and it sound, it seems as though from this side that they actually did better by just dumping everything and then moving on. Yeah, if you want And we to... held on, mm-hmm. and, and you're like, well, okay, what is it that when we were doing something that we we're supposed to do because we were responsible adults... We're actually kind of getting the shaft because had we bailed with everybody else, but when you if you behind you, I, and I know exactly. So yeah. like that's like is there a re- yeah you have an ethical thing right? Stupid ethics. But yeah. you know what? And I do too. But I know some friends that that's what they did. They went bankrupt, and they are actually better farther ahead than everybody else because they went bankrupt. Uh, you know, six five you know six seven years right. ago, and got that off their plate, and they started all over. And now they're, you know, they're able to get homes and stuff because that, that's behind But you them. still have to wait. You just can't go bankrupt and then go out and get new loans. You have to wait six or seven so years to get that Six or seven years up. ago. Yeah. But, hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it is kind of a situation. But, I mean, there was a lot of people. They'd go into a bank. They'd have, the, hey, your house is, uh, you know, you need how much? Well, I need $250,000. You know, I, I'm going to refinance for that. Well, geez, you could do more. You know, hey, uh, we just appraised your house at three hundred and forty thousand. Well, Take the three forty. Every one of us sitting here, when the market when was that. really going up, the banks were calling us and saying, "You know, you can get a home equity loan. Yeah, as you can do. Yeah, yeah. And, and the pressure was on. And what I heard, I pushed my husband towards it, and he's like, "Deb, stop! Enough! I'm doing this." And so, I thank him every day for not listening. To yeah, me, well, people you know, want <laughs> we still have our home. You yeah. know, we're still good. <clears throat> and the thing is, is a lot of folks today call us on a regular basis. Then they say, I got half a million dollars in my 401k over here at Rockwell or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've got $45,000 of credit card debt and I'm paying 15%. Mm-hmm. So if I borrow the money out of my 401k, I can pay off that credit card debt. But you know what happens? You Dave Ramsey probably says it best. Mm-hmm. He says, you can't borrow your way out, yeah, uh, out of it, yeah. out of debt. You know, because what happens, those people will pull it out. Now they've got to get it back into it or they pay a tax situation. But now, almost all the time, they end up with having that debt because they, they it's just there. It's still a debt. It's just a matter of you pay it on this thing or you pay it on that there thing. You just got to be a really, really awesome at changing your uh, whole structure of how you handle finances. Wow. But a lot of people don't. And that's right. what Let's talk about more when this, when we get back. This is 1520 WBZW, your hometown, with Debbie O'Brien. We have so much to talk about. This this time just flies. It always does. (laughs) Welcome back. This is Debbie O'Brien. You're listening to 1520 WBZW, and we have Jerry and Nick Royer here from Group 10 Financial Team, and they're here every Saturday and Sunday morning. 1520 WBZW, 660 AM, 950 WTLN. WTLN. There you go. There you go. This is awesome. So before we left, we were talking about the houses and how, you know, people kind of jumped the ship and then now are doing okay because it's 10 years, 7 to 10 years later. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so now we're here, 2017. You know, what do you do? What are we looking at? What are we looking for? 
Well, I think what people need to remember is hindsight is always twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and I think we always forget what happened because hey we're, we're the, the housing market's up the stock market's up now's awesome and they forget about what lessons that we could have learned back in 2000 and 2008 and so that's one of the things to always remember is as we see a lot of people right now they they're starting to forget about the risks and they're trying to and they're starting to throw caution to the wind mm-hmm. And usually to us, that's what typically signifies that something could be around the corner. And you have to build a financial plan, you know, whether whatever you're invested in, real estate, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, insurance products, whatever it is, you have to have a plan that I believe is durable. We believe it's durable that can weather both good and sour markets Mm. because the markets aren't always going to be good. There's going to be times when it goes down and you just don't want a plan that only works if the market's up. Well, and that's where um, with your portfolio, you should have percentages in each different thing so that if one thing goes down, you're kind of you, you you're counterbalanced it. on the mm-hmm. other end. All right, well, we'll be right back and we'll get more into that. Does that sound good? All right, 1520 WBZW, your hometown with Debbie O'Brien. Isn't this, isn't this awesome music? Good pump here. There's taste in this room. I know. I like it. It's bringing back memories. I know. You know, this is called a classic now. Is it 80s? Oh, is oldies. This, this is oldies. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm going to update it with some 60s, 50s and 60s. Then that'll be like ancient, right? 50s and 60s. Well, ne- next time what I'll do <laughs> with a blue leisure suit on, <laughs> you know. Or a Nero jacket. Yeah. It'll be like John Travolta. Ple- I'll just come in with a pleather. I know what they had. They pleather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So you're listening to 1520 WBZW. This is Debbie O'Brien, and I have Jerry and Nick Royer here, and they are from Group 10 Financial Team. You can hear them here uh, every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 8 to 9, 1520 WBZW, 9.50 a.m. and 6.60 a.m. And so, again, before the break. I don't remember what we talked about before the break. I you were you were no on idea. such a good okay, cable about diversification and, okay, and that type of stuff. Just making your sure your portfolio actually can mm-hmm. regard storm, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. regardless That's of what Washington or Wall Street throws at us. Right, right. Yeah. There's a lot of things up. being thrown at us. Right. Yeah, I don't want to get up in the morning and have to worry about what the news is going to tell me that they did in D.C. or what Washington and Wall Street. Does. Mm-hmm. I just want to plan better than that, and I would hope that uh, our listeners do that. But see, that's the thing. You just said plan better. Yeah. We just find, I mean, overwhelmingly, it's almost like we just keep running this into the ground, but it's it's true. I would venture to say 90% of the people that come and visit with us move into retirement, and they have no financial plan whatsoever. Nothing's written out. They have no idea. They have a lot of stuff. They have stuff, and they think their plan is the statement that comes in the mail every month. Yeah. Oh, with a number and a this dollar is, sign in front of it. This is when they're trying to retire? Like they they're already at the end of the... Yeah. Some folks, it's unfortunate even after they've retired. Yeah, some and they've, of, yeah. they got stuff sitting in the bank. They may have something over here in an insurance company, something over in the, in, uh, you know, in the, in the stock market. And they may have their 401k over here still parked where they used to work. But none of those pieces, Debbie, are talking to one another. The oh, insurance okay. company's not talking to the bank. The bank's not talking to the 401k. 401k isn't talking to the brokerage house. So you've got a lot of stuff. And I commend people because they've got a lot of accumulation. But you wouldn't send 
just a quarterback on the field. You got to have all those things working together and coordinating it so they're working for you. And so many folks don't have a written plan where those pieces of that puzzle are communicating with one another. Because they think they did enough. You know, what does that do to the family when um, they pass or they're unable (laughs) to explain what has happened? I mean, the family dynamic now is, I I can only imagine the chaos it creates. uh, Planning hasn't been. If it, if the planning hasn't been done in, in it, at when it should have been done, then you argue and family members who squabble argue. It's like, oh, I should have gotten more. I mean, I've had family members argue over who gets the lipstick, mm-hmm. used lipstick. And it's, it's just kind of crazy stuff like that. And, and what we suggest to people is build a financial plan, but then make sure that that plan is communicated to your spouse. Because oddly enough, you'd be surprised. Most husband and wives are not talking to each other. The husband has it, and 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 he'll come in and he'll he'll dominate the conversation, and the wife will be sitting over there concerning you thing. And then I'll say, well, what's concerning you most? And she's like, if something happens to him, yeah. And he'll be like, well, I'm fine. Well, no, what what's going to happen to me? I don't know how to run what you have done. I have no idea what your plan is. I don't know. I, I'm concerned. And he'll just be like, I'll just do this. Mm-hmm. And and we see that. So. Well, and everything we see way too often, and we can help people make just little transitions. Is it to come in? They got a million dollars, half a million dollars, all million dollars, two million dollars, all in qualified money. Qualified being IRAs, four hundred one k, pre tax dollars. Well, I walk out on life. I can pass that on to my wife. It's a spousal transfer. There's no taxes. But when we're both gone, now I've strapped my kids with that income tax that has to be paid on that. There's no spousal transfer. So now what do they have? You look at a person, well, I've got a a POA here, or my beneficiaries are my three kids. No, your beneficiaries are your four kids. I only have three. No, one of your kids, because you didn't plan, is Uncle Sam. And he's going to come in, not, you know, that money has to be planned for or paid for. So what? There, it's simple things that can be accomplished by that when seeing that, so that when mom and dad are both gone, there's ways to minimize that thing. Okay. Instead of just saying, oh, my God, I didn't know. We're going through that with uh, one in Ohio mm-hmm. right now where a guy's got $750,000. He lost his wife a month before him. Now his kids, they got seven hundred and fifty grand, all taxable money, and he never planned for that. So now the three siblings are going to have to take because pay income tax on it because of the fact he didn't. And, and income plan tax is probably going to end up being more than the the, the remaining share for the kids. Yeah, you take thirty percent of seven hundred thousand. That's two hundred and ten thousand goes right off the top to Uncle Sam. Hmm. And the kids get to share the rest of the 490 that's Just left. That. And Boom. that doesn't include, you know, one of the things that is a foreign you get sick, that when they're being older and you get sick, mm-hmm. and then it, the Medicare taken or yeah. Kate or whoever it is out there, yeah. your health care provider takes all of your money. So mm-hmm. now you've worked hard. Is there a way that you can protect your money from that? Well, you're, what, one of the things you're just, Medicaid would be like the Medicaid asset spend down. In order to qualify for Medicaid, you have to basically be broke. And so they make you spend down your money to be able to qualify for Medicaid. Oh, that's you're what only, that means. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. that means. So you're only able to hold on to a few things. Uh, Which makes no sense. You work so hard for all this, and now 
You're Generally, just... the re- the reason that is is a lot of people they 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 get to retirement they don't talk to they don't either they're not talked to about it or the conversation never comes up that there should be long term care planning because that's what ha- will happen a lot of times is that the long term care is what's really creating a lot of this problem and so a lot of people it's like well have you done any you know long term care planning no I know I should have but I just never and when did. you say that that's word long term care people automatically and I know a lot of the listeners right now go oh my gosh that's that's insurance I got to buy long term care insurance no mm-hmm. long term care is a planning procedure mm. okay that a person can go through to protect those assets and it's they get to keep them in their house rather than going through an asset spend into being basically forced into being broke. Right. I mean, and then what happens is the surviving spouse. If you spend everything down to get that person into the medic, you know, to qualify for Medicaid, the at-home spouse is broke too. Broke. And then if something happens to that person in, in the facility, having to walk out on life, the surviving spouse is broke. And that's, there's a it lot. It doesn't of, make sense. No. I mean, it really we, we all don't sense. I think we're all, we, we all don't want to talk about our, our, our health or our mortality. Right. Or our thing, money. Like yeah. this is the year. Yeah. got a perfect storm here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody just buries their head in the sand and is going to pass it, pay it, deal with it. Pay it forward to those who have to deal with it. There, I mean, there's five conversations people need to have with their money. Yeah. They need to have a conversation on how it's invested on income planning and retirement, health care planning. Legacy plan on those five things pass on in tax planning. Those five things. And what we find a majority of time is people have only had one conversation in their house, and that's the mutual fund that my money's invested in. And they're missing 90% of the picture. Okay. And it's invest- those again. So the first one is investment planning. Mm-hmm. Make sure your money's put in the right place. Uh, for what your goals and your concerns are. The second thing is income planning to help make sure that your money doesn't outlive. Don't run the risk of outliving your money. The third thing is tax planning. Make sure you're not paying unnecessary taxes. Healthcare. Fourth thing is going to be uh, health care planning. Okay, so th- that's self-explanatory. And the fifth thing is legacy planning. I mean, to pass on as much as possible to your church charity or your your next generation. Tax planning. Thing you could throw in there is tax planning. That well, that's yeah. what I was. Yeah, tax yeah. planning. Yeah, yeah, because uh, re- so many people are just paying ridiculous amounts of tax that they just because they did. thousand. We just did a study on a five hundred thousand dollar. If somebody with a five age sixty five mm. with a five hundred thousand dollar IRA, okay, okay, five hundred thousand dollar IRA, and they lived from sixty five to nine time, they made four percent on their money the whole time, and they have to take minimum distributions out. You can't leave it in there forever, so you got to take up all our minimum distributions out. We added up all the taxes that that person would pay on that $500,000 IRA, and it comes out to like 300 thousand bucks that they $500,000 IRA on Over a $500,000 IRA yeah. in required minimum distribution taxes, on taxes when that money passes on to the next taxes, option, on reinvestment taxes, all these things add up, and people aren't having that tax. That tax. That's a huge thing. Because yeah. you, you just said 30 years with that $500,000, you only you only get $200,000 in the end. Divided by 30, like, it, and you're being yeah, taxed you're on tax, you just even... Take out a bucket. Yeah, exactly. You take out a bucket, a buck goes right on your taxes as, as earned income. Yeah, and then awesome? because you earn so much, required minimum to that, through your required minimum distributions, it started at 70 and a half. Now, all of a sudden, you may go from paying tax on 50% of your Social Security to 85% of your Social Security you have to add in and pay tax on. So it's a vicious cycle out there. So and, if we come to you, you you're able to explain all that and we can sit down and and kind of 
figure out how we can not, I mean, make it less. Yeah, that's exactly what our team does. These are the type of things that our team, these are issues day out because these are, these are issues de- that, that people uh, getting to retirement, that they're in retirement, are having to deal with. Past generations didn't have to worry about that. Right. The, the, but the, but these, the new retirees these days, these are the issues they have to deal with, and there has to be a plan to address each individual one. Yeah. You can't just kick the can down the road. I want my husband to retire so bad. And, you know, and, and even... We'll have a big party when he does. Yeah, well, and, you know, I keep thinking the guys work so hard. It would be nice. He's earned all of this money for us, you know. The kids are going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. I just want him to enjoy the future fruits of his labor and it's like how long how many more years i don't know and it's because of insurance like one of the things is because of health insurance and i thought crazy that doesn't make sense either like mm-hmm. it, it seems like everything's stacked up against you however with you like if you plan this and you plan it correctly that day comes quicker that you can be- reap the what you sow mm-hmm the thing is, like you're saying, if you can get there and plan, because a lot of people, what they do is they don't plan, they get there and they're just, they're, they're, they're hoping. And it's like, you're it's, it's hoping that they get a good retirement instead of planning for one. Yeah. Yep. Well, this is just like a diet. You know, everybody, yep. you know, we had the doctor in here the other day and we had a nutritionist in here the other day. It's individual. Just because it works for Debbie and Mark doesn't mean it works for you. It, does, it doesn't matter. I can tell you everything I know, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It needs to be, you need to go, please, you know, get your paperwork together and... It's almost like you suck in your ego. Your mm-hmm. ego stopping you from talking to coming to your place to mm-hmm. talk about yeah. what we need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then when we come back, that'll be the last bit, right? We'll find out how to get in touch, you know, how where we get our appointment. Let's make the appointment. You know, yeah. And what we would need when we come and visit okay. you. All awesome. right. We'll be right back. 1520 WBZW, your hometown with Debbie O'Brien. I'm just going to have to say this. You're going to have to come back. <laughs> We'd love to. Just as simple. Because this, everything that we talk about just opens up the next can of worms. Really. Yeah. You know, the last thing we just said here on the break, which is a huge deal, is that, okay, so you have the parents that have set everything up and they're, you know, they're living comfortably and then all of a sudden they're no longer here. Well, if I can't, as the uh, the sibling or the, the daughter can't get to it. Well, I you've just now created or doesn't know it exists. Yeah, created another mess. Mm-hmm. Like share. And it's not it should not be taboo. Nobody unless your family is completely whacked out and just rude to one another, you know, nobody's out to get you. You know, my mom, I'm, my brother and I are on to, aren't out to get her. You know, enjoy your life, but when something happens to you, you need to trust us enough to know where to get your information. Yeah, and we do lunch and learns uh, on a monthly basis where we'll invite the children to come in. We don't get into the numbers, right, how much right. mom and dad save, but right. we show them what mom and dad's doing so that if something happens, they have somebody that they can go and get answers right. for. Because uh, to be forced out there, like I was saying, off break, is that yeah. we've had... F- Folks that have been passed away four or five years, and all of a sudden they find this policy that was stuck into a drawer somewhere. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I, like I was saying, with safety deposit box keys, I mean, it's like the one thing. It's crazy. People will be like, well, I know Mom mentioned that there was a bank that some stuff was in. I don't know where that is, and I don't even know where the key is. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's that kind of thing that you could not... 
run a football team with that type of structure. Mm-hmm. And yet that's what ends up happening in retirement is the husband and wife are on different pages and the kids don't even know. And so if anything were to happen, nobody's on the same page. Nobody uh, can run the play. Mm-hmm. And that's just a. I, I look at it as it's an opportunity that parents, when they're handling their retirement, it's an opportunity for them to share with their kids what mm-hmm. they're going through. Right. So we're, when their kids get there, they can say, you know what? Here are the lessons I learned when mom and dad went through retirement. So that I can get through retirement and be better off than they were. You know what? That's a big point. That's a really big point because the parents have already gone through and have created, even if it's a teeny little path, you know, there's a path there that you, okay, open it up so that your children will learn. You know, I, I think the last time you were here, our kids had gone to that four hours financial <laughs> seminar. It was yeah. Dave Ramsey, but you know what? And neither one of them wanted to go, but the dynamics of that place and what they learned, even if they half paid attention, you know, I'm like, do you understand that this place is loaded with people that are in debt and this place, you are the only two, or, you know, in our little section, we're going to say that Sophie and Nicholas, you're not in debt. You're now learning how to become wealthy with a clean slate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. You know, you don't want to be here 30 years later going, oh, my gosh, I have too much house. I have too much car. I've got three kids and, you know, Mm -hmm. do it right. Yep. Or people that get themselves their backs to the wall because they're 65 years old and they look at it and they say, man, I can't retire because I have $40,000 of debt. So I'm going to have to work until I'm 70. We have people that come in and they're like, well, what do we do now? We're 70 years old. We're never going to be able to retire. And when I look at things, it's like, well, you have an RV. (gasps) You have a boat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have all these mm-hmm. things that you had money you available, yeah. and, and, and instead of instead of having a plan to get out of debt and uh, and to have a budget and to live within that budget and know what your income is, so your money lasts as long as you do. People have actually not looked at it that way, mm-hmm. and they they move into retirement with without a plan, without an idea of what to do or a template on how to get them to and through retirement. And that's if there's anything that we do, that's the most important thing is to help people create a blueprint that helps them get to and through retirement without stripping everything away from them. That's the other thing, too. You know, people are afraid. Well, if I do this, then I'm not going to be able to have the RV because one Uh of the things we learned growing in our 20s, I'm going to say, we learned that you live below your means and you should not. You didn't just because you worked. It doesn't mean you absolutely deserve it. You Mm. needed to work harder so that you could pay cash, yada, yada. And then it's yours to enjoy. But sometimes that. That that carrot is a little too big that you think you're never going to achieve it. So now I'm like, oh, okay, I've given up all this stuff and I still can't achieve that carrot. Like that's a fear. Mm-hmm. Well, so if I just get the carrot, I'll deal with the. Uh, I'll just make payments on it. it, it it's you strange. See, you see what I'm yeah. saying? But it's but, okay to make those payments as long as you can. Yeah. Yeah, and then what happens if you can't? Yeah. Then you might be taking the knee, not because of the national anthem, but because you can't, uh-huh. you know? Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> oh. right. And just like that football team, you all should be standing strong when yeah, next absolutely. to each other. Absolutely. Put your little hand on your heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> and I was I was raised to uh, to respect, and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that's definitely being challenged these days is, mm-hmm. is, is any form of respect, which is unfortunate. And it's tough for me because I have, a, I have two kids, a 10 and a 5-year-old, and it's like Dad was talking about this this morning when we were uh, having our team meeting, is, is how difficult it would be and how he couldn't imagine raising us kids now 
versus how I was raised in the times that we had to go through. So the times have changed. Yeah, this is what I've told my kids, and this applies to everything. Know the source. And if you mm. agree with the source, then follow it. But like this stuff that's happening now that makes absolutely no sense, pay attention to the source of where that's coming from yeah. because just because they're making a statement doesn't mean it's the correct statement. Yeah. It's yeah, true. Absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. And you're the source for getting us financially right. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do hope that you come back. We'll I love this. We'd love to do oh it. Gosh, we hours. Yep. We'll <laughs> Thank do it. you very too, much. Too, too bad it's only a three-hour show. I, <laughs> 1520 WBZW, your hometown with Debbie O'Brien. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.